from Kurtco Media. Coming up on Life Done Better. When we surrender and we're open, we are now open to infinite possibilities. Now we have taken all the limits of life and we're fully available. So the question becomes, what is it that life wants to express to you? Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeYoung. We live in an action-driven society that stimulates goal-setting, working hard, going after things you want in life, and not giving up until you get there. We tend to believe that we are in charge of our life and our destiny, and that our actions of consistently pursuing our goals and dreams are going to pay off. And it certainly may feel like we have it all under control, until we don't. We cannot control external circumstances. Things happen to us that we don't like, don't want, do not wish upon anyone else. Death, divorce, money. When we're down, we may think that revenge, fighting back, working harder, not dealing with the emotions is how we can get past it. Surrendering? No way. But what if we can change the way we feel surrender? Today, I'm talking to Cute Blackson, transformational teacher and author of the book, The Magic of Surrender, a modern day manual on how to live surrender in every day. Cute, it's an honor to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to be speaking in front of 3,000 people when you were only eight years old? Yeah, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. From a very young age, I was a very sensitive kid. And so I felt people's pain. I felt the suffering of, it's like I was, I was so attuned to the suffering of humanity in such a way. And there was a deep empathy and desire I had as a kid to alleviate people's suffering. I didn't know what that would look like. I didn't know how that would look. But uh, things didn't make sense to me as a kid. I would look around and see, like, why do people who seem to have everything seem to be unhappy and miserable? And why does people who, some of them seem to have nothing, seem to be fulfilled and happy? And so I started questioning. And I remember being five, six, seven years old, and the questions were like, you know, what's the purpose of life? What's this all about? You know, is it just to wake up, go to sleep, eat, make babies, buy a car, go on vacation, and then die? Like, surely there has to be a bigger, more important reason than just that. And so why are we here? And so this became an obsession for me as a kid. And I didn't understand where this obsession came from. And, and also, when I was a kid, a very pivotal moment, I must have been seven years old. I saw a crippled woman. I was lost in the crowd, thousands of people. I saw a crippled woman. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face, and stands up. The same man who sand she picked up would look at, you know, this is week after week. That was a miracle, so to speak. The same man who sand she picked up would look at a woman, let's say, in a wheelchair and say, why are you in this wheelchair? You're not sick, stand up. Or he'd look at a person who had no eyesight, couldn't see, hadn't seen in five years, would touch their eyes and sight would appear. This man was my father. He was considered the, the miracle man of Africa. Uh, built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, a huge church in London. And so, yeah, when I was age eight, I was thrown into the audience one day. You know, to be honest, I was more interested in playing soccer outside and they didn't like that very much. So they just, my dad threw me into the audience, said my son is going to give a speech today. And that's when my speaking career began and stuff started coming through me. When I was 14, I was actually ordained as a minister in my father's church. It was announced one Sunday, unbeknownst to me, that I would be taking over my father's churches 
everyone was happy. I was in shock and my heart sank because I knew in my heart that that was not my path. I knew in my heart that that was not my destiny. You know, that feeling when you, when you know that something's not right, when you know that something's not aligned, when you know that something isn't resonating with your heart. But at 14, I was too afraid to speak my truth. I was afraid that if I dared to be myself, I was afraid that if I dared to be true, I was afraid if I dared to express who I really was, I would lose my father. I would lose love. I would lose everything I knew. I would lose community. I would be alone. I would be outcast. And so I didn't have the courage to be authentic and be honest. And I sort of suppressed my deep feeling. And it took me four years of, you know, questioning, of meditation, of praying, of conflict, of depression, of sadness, of confusion, till I turned 18. And that's when my, my life shifted. That was a moment, a first moment for me of surrender. I looked into my future and I saw that I had two parts. I think in life, life is a process of decisions. If you want to know what your future is going to be, uh, you can predict your future by looking at the decisions that you're making right now. And so I looked into my future and I saw that I could take the expected path for my life, the path that everyone expected of me, you know, uh, my father, the community. But as I felt into that path, age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, age, age 60 and on, I realized if I didn't have myself, if I didn't have my truth, if I didn't have my authenticity, then no matter what I achieved following someone else's journey, I would never be happy that you cannot really be truly fulfilled and happy living someone else's life. You cannot be truly, truly happy being someone that you're not. And my heart sank and my heart broke. You know, I started reading a lot of self-help books at that time. Everyone from Deepak Chopra, Louise Hay, Dan Millman, Marianne Williamson. And everyone I'd read about, they seemed to live in Southern California. So I wanted to come to Los Angeles or San Diego, meet them, learn from to me, LA, Southern California was the spiritual Mecca. It was like India or Los Angeles. And so I felt this calling. My, I felt like my soul was calling me in this completely unknown direction. It made no sense. I had no money. I had no family support. I had no university degree. And yet I think sometimes what our soul guides us to do uh, is not always convenient. What our soul guides us to do doesn't always make sense to our mind. But I really do believe that whenever we are true to ourselves, whenever we are true to the deepest impulse, we will always be guided to the perfect place and we'll, we'll be the perfect person in the perfect moment, even though sometimes the route or the road that we're guided to go on might be a bit unexpected. And so I had the conversation with my father at 18, 17 years old, felt like my life was over, told him I'm not taking over, that I was going to follow my own path, had no idea where the hell that path was going. Cut a long story short, I ended up winning a green card in the green card lottery where the American government gives away 55,000 green cards each year at that time and came to the US. You know, I think it was $1,000, let's say, eight to $800 to $1,000, one suitcase full of books, one suitcase full of clothes, showed up, Los Angeles knew no one, just following a dream. And then that took me through an entire journey. I started meeting many of, my, of these mentors, learning from some of them. Then I began to travel the world and I wanted to go on a quest in search of answers. Like, what is the meaning of this whole existence? I went to India, studied with sages and light mystics, went to Israel, studied with rabbis. And it was really out of my own internal evolution and growth and healing and transformation that I created a way of working with people, a way of coaching people and started working with one person and then two people, then three people, then five, then 500 and a thousand. And my events and seminars started to grow.
Wow. I love this story. And I love that you were so deep and so wise at a young age. I mean, obviously the environment also stimulated it. Your dad made such an impact in, in his environment and he kind of paved the way. And I'm just like thinking about him performing those miracles in front of you and for your world to, you know, be limitless, just yeah. witnessing that. Because I think that we all believe in something bigger than ourselves, but when we really see it, feel it, and align with it, it's like a, a door opens, right? This door that gets rid of the small thinking and the self-imposed barriers that, you know, we put on the limits we put on ourselves. And that's what you talk about a lot in, in your book, in your mm. teachings. Can you share a little bit about self-imposed barriers? I knew I was making the right decision because it felt right in my soul. I think one of the ways that we limit ourselves, one of the ways that we keep ourselves stuck, one of the ways that we keep ourselves from being truly fulfilled, truly happy and fulfilling our potential are because all of the ways that we are lying to ourselves, all of the ways that we actually don't tell the truth to ourselves, all of the ways that we just basically bullshit ourselves and rationalize it and justify it within our own minds. Maybe we stay in a relationship that we know deep down in our hearts, we know that it's not right. We know that it's not aligned. We know that this is not our life partner, but you know they're nice or maybe we've invested so much or we feel guilty of ending it. We don't want to hurt the other person or we're worried about what will parents think or other people think. And so in so many ways, we lie to ourselves and we compromise and we stay, let's say, in a relationship that we know is not truly aligned with our soul that there was a deeper reason. And I think there's nothing more painful as a human being to feel that you were born for something, to feel that there is love inside of you, to feel that there is creativity inside of you, to feel that there is art inside of you, to feel the sense and the deep knowing that there's so much you want to give, but it's not being given and you're not expressing it. And to, to live with that every day and then to die with all of those gifts ungiven to me is one of the greatest tragedies. And so I think one of the things that keeps us stuck are all the ways we lie to ourselves. We don't tell ourselves the truth about who we are, what we feel, what we want, where we're going, what's really aligned for us. And so I would just ask everyone as a place to begin to just ask themselves the question, what lies am I telling myself? To get really real. To me, truth is real spirituality. Truth is real meditation. Truth is real yoga. We sometimes think it's, you know, floating in the clouds, doing some grand meditations, and I'm all for meditation and opening the pineal gland, and that's great. But I think real, real spirituality is the degree to which we're able to feel the truth, acknowledge the truth, live the truth in our daily reality, in alignment with our authentic nature, with our souls. And then we said, well, what am I pretending to not know? Because in many ways, we're like, well, I'm not lying to myself, but we're constantly pretending to not know. One of the ways we play that game is we play a game of I don't know and I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm not sure. I don't know. And being too busy, right? Oh, I don't have time to think about that. I don't have time to work on that. So, so the third question really to sit with is, what are the lies costing me? And for people that are saying, well, I'm not sure if I'm lying to myself. If you really look at where you feel pain in your life, to really hit your point. If you really look at where you feel pain in your life, pain can manifest as depression. Pain can manifest as, you know, low energy, feeling constantly tired. Pain can manifest as some physical disease or illness that is showing up in your body, trying to get your attention. To me, in many ways in our culture, we feel pain. Sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's a lot. We feel pain and we distract. 
we feel pain and we deny. We'll, we feel pain and we smoke it away. We sex it away. We drink it away. We pump medicine away. We don't want to feel the pain because, because we're scared of the pain. No, it doesn't feel good. But I'm actually saying that the pain is not bad. The pain is your friend. The pain is a messenger. The pain is actually there for a reason because it's showing you, it's giving you feedback. Usually there's something inside of your psyche and yourself that isn't aligned then maybe you're betraying yourself in some way. Maybe you're not living authentically in some way. And so when you're not living authentically, whether you think you're lying or not, whether you think you're BSing or not, when you're not living truly authentically, pain is the natural byproduct. It's supposed to be painful. So when you understand that, oh, the pain isn't bad, let me use the pain as a feedback, as a messenger to check myself and say, what is this pain showing me? What is this pain revealing to me? How can I use this pain to see where I'm not really, really feeling the truth? And I think if we can start just being honest with the pain and being honest with our fear, that can be a place to begin making a shift. Oh, yeah, it is that we need to recognize where we're at. And even if we're kind of like neutral in life, if we're just cruising through day to day and we're, you know, we're just getting by, we're just okay. When people ask, how are you doing? I'm okay. Like to me, that that is not a great life. If you're just okay. Like, so if you're okay, I mean, it's better than not being good or not, you know, <laughs> or being depressed, but just okay is actually a really good plane level to start rising up from because it, how can yeah. you make your life a little better? What if there was no fear and you acknowledge that, yeah, you want to make music or you want to help others in ways that you can be valuable? And sometimes we don't even know where to start. Can you give some suggestions on what your day-to-day check-ins are? Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe there's a ritual that you do just to kind of check in. Because even though you may have everything going for yourself today, maybe in three months from now, you know, you feel some stickiness and you feel like, you know, I'm changing. Things are changing. I need to kind of review and make new decisions. I would say start with asking yourself those questions. What lies am I telling myself? I mean, it sounds simple, but it will totally transform your life. To me, life is not too complicated. Yeah. We complicate it with our denial. We live unconsciously. We're in denial. We don't even know that we're lying. Then we maybe begin questioning ourselves. And this is where it's important that we begin questioning. What lies am I telling? And just start, take a daily moment, create the space in your life to not be so busy because sometimes we use busyness as a way to not feel more deeply what we really feel. Because we're afraid if I really sit with how I really feel, uh-oh, what am I going to have to do about that? And so we use busyness as a distraction mechanism, as a survival tactic. And so the next step from denial is we start questioning. And then what tends to happen is the ego moves into some form of, let's say, resistance. And we begin to resist. And that's when they, because the ego, our perceived sense of self that we identify ourselves to be based on past memories, experience, feelings. Uh, circumstance from the past, our ego seeks to, to reinforce itself and hold on to who we believe ourselves to be, hold on to the life we thought we had, hold on to the old because we're comfortable with that, because it's the known, because it's safe, because we're so attached to being perceived a certain way. And so resistance is the next thing. And so I think if people can realize and feel and create the space to just, even if it's you know practically half an hour a day, to just sit and journal. Like, what do I feel? Half an hour a day to just sit and breathe and tune in and listen. That alone 
would transform our life because many times we're so busy that we don't even know what we're feeling until the relationship ends, until we lash out and react, until we get sick because what we've suppressed manifests. And so created the space for stillness, create the space for journaling, create the space for meditation, create the space for walking in nature, create the space for oneself. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with motivational speaker Kut Blackson. This episode is supported by another great wellness podcast, The Nutrition Diva. There's a lot of misinformation about nutrition out there, and it can be hard to separate food fact from food fiction. That's where licensed nutritionist and professionally trained chef Monica Reynagel comes in. On Nutrition Diva, Monica debunks nutrition myths and shares science-backed advice to make healthy eating a little bit easier and a lot saner. In just 10 minutes, she gets right to what you need to know about taking care of yourself and answers questions like, is eating late bad for your heart? Do you really need to take nutritional supplements? And what can you do to be a more mindful eater? Listen to new episodes of Nutrition Diva every Wednesday. Follow Nutrition Diva wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back with Kut Blackson. And so like when you talk about surrender, like I would love your definition of surrender because I, I, you know, when I saw your video, the book trailer, I had goosebumps. You know, we have this idea that that surrender is weak, that surrender means giving up, you know, surrender means waving the white flag, that if we surrender, we're not going to get what we want. If we surrender, we're not going to get our dreams, our goals, manifest our soulmate, manifest the abundance, the life that we want. And so we're afraid if I surrender, I'm going to be taken advantage of. Am I going to have to just live in the Himalayas or be homeless, be broke? So there's this resistance to surrender, in a sense, from our own identity. But what I'm really saying is, in surrender, what if you actually got more? Not less, more than you can imagine. Surrender is when you stop trying to control life to be what you think it should be. Surrender is when you stop trying to force life into your, to your limited idea of what you think life should be. In so many ways, as human beings, we're constantly trying to control every single thing. Control is the master addiction. It makes us feel safe and gives us an illusion of safety. We try to control ourselves. Even in our manifestation meditation process, we try to control God. We try to control the universe. We try to control the present. We try to control our parents. We try to control our children. We try to control our pet goldfish. We try to control Man, everything. it sounds exhausting when you num- <laughs> it, it is exhausting. And that's why so many of us were unhappy because we're so often trying to control everything only to realize, oh, shit, I'm really not in that much control of things out here. What we can control is how we perceive things. What we can control is how we respond. What we can control is the meaning we give things. What we can control is what we choose to believe within ourselves and how we choose to respond. Surrender is to let go of the idea of the life that we think we should be living, because many times we have this idea of the life we think we should be living that we're not living, so we're not fully able to relax into the life that's here now, and we're not able to really open ourselves to the life that is seeking to happen, the deeper expression, the authentic life that's seeking to happen because we're so attached to how we think life should be. And all I'm saying is when we let go, so it doesn't mean giving up, it doesn't mean being lazy, when we let go of our projection 
of how we think things should be, who we think we should be, then we can surrender and be open to what is life seeking to reveal through us and in us and as us and around us and just to live in that curiosity and openness. So surrender is a letting go and an availability to be truly open. We often ask ourselves the question, what do I want? We set goals. What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? But the I that is often perceiving is actually quite conditioned. We don't realize we're conditioned. And I'll talk about conditioning if you want in a second. So we say, okay, I want this thing. What do I want? This is coming from a paradigm of personal power, limited ego perspective. I'm inviting people into a bigger consideration because I think at some point, all of the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Mandela, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, JFK, Martin Luther King, at some point, Oprah, Greta Thunberg, Malaya Yousafzai, you know, all of the great ones, they all got to the point where they let go, they surrendered themselves to something bigger than themselves. They surrendered themselves to life. And that's when life began to express through them. When we surrender and we're open, we are now open to infinite possibilities. Now we have taken all the limits of life and we're fully available. So the question becomes, what is it that life wants to express through me? Wow, that's a lot of wisdom. You speak wonderful. Like I am just kind of mesmerized by words and I'm taking it all in and I'm thinking, how do we talk about actionable steps? Like for people to even surrender day to day, because even surrendering in the smallest things in, I may plan my day, week, month perfectly, but my days might never go the way I planned them. You know, like people cancel, procrastinate, reschedule, don't show. Um, you know, exactly right. So there's already that feel of surrender right there. Instead of getting aggravated that the things are not going the way it is, like, okay, just check, fine, no problem. Move to the next thing. Hey, that may free up some time to do something else, something else I've been wanting to do. So day to day, we can practice surrender. And I think checking in with our emotions is really important gauge, right? It's just to check in. Am I starting to feel grumpy because of what this thing that I wanted to do today is not happening or has changed or emotions of, of feeling free, happy, giving, loving, patient? Another good example for me that kind of indicates things are going well. And as soon as these negative things and emotions come in, I'm like, okay, where's my attachment? What, what is going on here? And kind of trying to move past this and surrender to, you know, what, what is happening and say, well, this is how it is. One simple thing that happened recently, and just to talk about very much everyday life, we, we had a physical therapist come to the house here. My husband is in chronic pain, terrible pain, torturous existence in his body, and we're you know, trying anything and everything to make him more comfortable. And this physical therapist gave him some relief every Monday and Wednesday around his lunch break so he could move on and get, get a little bit of relief and, and move on with his day. Now, the physical therapist left after three months. You know, we didn't feel great about that, right? And, and then you think, okay, well, we got to find someone new. This did not go as, you know, as, as we planned. But the surrendering to, okay, we may find someone more suitable or, you know, we may find a better person that suits your needs better kind of came out of that. And the miracle, the magic that happened was that we found someone extraordinary and someone that my husband is feeling so connected with and, and gets so excited about even going to physical therapy. Mm. Now, he's, you know, he's not coming to our house anymore. So I'm just also thinking about all these little things that we can practice yeah. and understand and learn yeah. and trust 
it is meant for you. It is meant, it's not happening to you. It's not a punishment of any kind. And so if we can trust that all these things that come our way are perfectly guiding us to where we need to go next, then we can surrender more easily, right? I think when things don't work out, we often react, we often go into victim mode, we often feel disempowered, we often resist. But if you understand that the universe is always working for your highest good, the universe is always in the process of evolution and growth and growth being something more, something better for your highest good. If you really understand that when things don't work out, living in a state of curiosity. And so ask yourself, the great question to practice and ask yourself is in that moment, step back, breathe and go, if the universe is always working for my highest good, what could this mean? How could this be better? What other better physical therapist is seeking to show up in my life? What other, okay, someone, you know, leaves you in relationship. What other better partner is seeking to show up? Someone better is seeking, better than this is seeking to show up. So living in that curiosity is really cool. I think if two people look, and these are kind of little practices, but if you look at your life and look at the best things that, you, that have happened in your life, you said you're married, right? You know, you have asked, so I don't know how long you've been married, but did you plan on this day, at this time, in this coffee shop, in this moment, I'm going to meet my husband? Oh, no, it was all super magical. Like It just happened. I was actually in a bicycle store when I met him. And I had to lose my driver's license in the snow a month prior. So I couldn't rent a car. I couldn't, you know, get a motorcycle. No, I had to wow. rent a bicycle to get around the island. And that's how I met him. You had to meet your husband. So like in the moment you lost your driver's license, you can, this is the worst thing ever. But see how everything, there's an intelligence of how everything has to happen in a perfect sort of universal cosmic synchronicity. And so when they happen, rather than react in the moment, Go, huh, when you lose your driver's license, hmm, I wonder how this is interconnected oh, to everything. Yeah. I wonder what amazing thing is going to show. Maybe it won't be you meet your soulmate, but it might be you meet your best friend. It might mean you meet going to meet a, a different business because you meet someone in the store. I, and, you know, I, I think it's hilarious that you're actually saying that because I remember the moment that I lost my driver's license so vividly. I told my friend, you know, I'm wondering why I am losing my driver's license and you know, I may just find a guy of my dreams in the line of the DMV. <laughs> so I was already the DMV, going there with my mind. I was right? like, I'm curious. This really sucks. But hey, I'm curious why. Yeah. So just to clarify one thing that I think would be helpful for people to know. You know, there's a few reasons why things may not manifest, even though we want them to manifest. The first thing is what we think we want is not what we really want. It's not authentically what our soul wants. So it doesn't manifest. And so the universe is giving us feedback and trying to course correct. Second reason is, there's no time. The timing isn't right. It's, the mango's not ripe. And so, yeah, we can force things and eat the mango or, or eat a fruit that's really hard and not right, but it's no fun. And so I think truly trusting that there is a rhythm in life. Life, this life process has been around. You and I, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years, 100 years, maybe someone listening to this conversation, 120 years. But the fact is, Life has been around for 14 billion years. There is an intelligence in life. This intelligence knows what to do. It's been around. And once you and I are gone, it will still, life will still be doing life, you know? And so I think if we can trust the seasons, trust the cycles, like for those that have a hard time trusting life, tune into your body. Don't even believe in anything spiritual or mystical. Just believe in this physical mechanism and tune in and observe your body. Heart is beating, digestion is happening, 
processes are happening, trillions of processes are happening. And like, just feel that. Wow, you are a miracle. Observe nature. Just go into, I think this is why nature is so powerful, has such a powerful effect on us, because we go into nature and it just, it's beyond our mind when we look at the Grand Canyon. It's beyond our mind when we look at trees and mountains. It's like the majesticness of it. Look at the sun, look at the stars, look at, the, look at nature, get into a relationship with nature and observe the timing and the cycles and the rhythm. Everything is in, is in a kind of flow. And I think as human beings, we have forgotten that we are also a part of nature. And so when we remember, like, oh, we're a part of that nature, you know, really get ourselves out of the way and allow life to flow. And when life flows, that's when we actually allow ourselves to be guided and let life lead us. And life becomes a process less of like trying to, like imagine going to the ocean, you're trying to make the wave happen versus feeling for the wave and working with the wave and aligning with the wave. Then you allow yourself to follow the energy. You allow yourself to, shall we say, let life lead you. Right. This is all such good reminders. And I think we can all be really excited about the future, knowing that you cannot even scratch this surface of your potential. You may not even be aware how much you can do and feel and love and experience just yet. But being open to it all and being excited about it, knowing that it is going to be in your life and you're going to be experiencing it. That's why, you know, you wake up with a smile on your face, just trusting, trusting yeah. that good things will happen and you'll get directed. And if you like to learn more and read the book, get a copy of The Magic of Surrender. Hugh Blackson, you are the man. I love talking to you about this subject. And I so thank you for spreading these reminders, these new thoughts. When things happen to you today, tomorrow, next week and that you don't like, don't want, just go like, you know what? I surrender. Smile, move on, and go on with your day. Surrendering is the word. Thanks again, Cute Laxon. We can follow you on Instagram, right? Can you spell your name for us? K-U-T-E-B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N. Awesome. Thank you so much for your contribution. If you felt this message just as much as me and were moved by his passion, please share this episode with someone you care about. I'm Jill DeYoung, and have a wonderful day, my friends. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.